And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Good morning, Sweet World, and welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network, a fine network. It's Tuesday, September 21st. I'm J.E. Skeets here in the yard, and joining me today to shoot the shit. You may have seen his incredible quotes in the latest <laughs> Business Insider article. It is the International Man of Mystery taking it to the Max Lee Ellis. Uh, I think it's only September 20 today. I thought you think you said the Oh, at the top, uh, you know? yes. Great start here <laughs> in the yard. This is what happens when JD's not around. Uh, I believe he's still in Canada. Right. Um, I think he's Getting some passports figured out, if I remember correctly. He always has an adventure when he goes to Canada, so we'll uh, we'll hear all about it, I'm sure. Yeah, I guess JD returns September 21st. Today right. is September 20th. Mm. Uh, thank you for the clarification there. Uh, but yes, uh, congrats, Lee, on the uh, on the Business Insider article. Uh, it's a fickle industry, according to Lee Ellis yeah. in this article. Yeah, there well, it is. Well, look, I think I think it is. Uh, I'm going to have to have a word to Colin, though. I thought I had a, far, a few more uh, fire quotes that he could have <laughs> thrown in there. So uh, maybe he's got a part two coming, but uh, we'll see. But no, <laughs> a, part, it was good. a part two just with uh, Lee Ellis's incredible lengthy rambling quotes. You know, that what's that, coming? That's, that's what I'm thinking anyway. But uh, that's it. Colin's just trying to build a little, uh, you know, build up the hype a little bit. And then he's going to release the uh, part two banger. You know, the first one's always the yeah, first draft of anything is not the best. You know, maybe it's just the follow up is going to be better. We'll see. I saw a lot of people uh, not complaining, but like, oh, it's behind the paywall. You know, how do I how do I read this business yeah. insider article about my boys, about no dunks, uh, you know, making it. Making it after leaving uh, Turner and all that. Uh, there's workarounds. There really is. I didn't know about yeah. this workaround, but I, yeah. I, I almost feel bad to share it. You know, Colin put all this work into it. People should. Yeah. Control. Well, and, and honestly, though, you know, that's the way things are. Though these days, it's okay to pay for something for one dollar for a free month uh, for the first month. I think it was as well. Like, oh, is you know, that people, what it is? Okay. Yeah, I think so. I think I, I think there's multiple options there. You know, and people complain and complain and complain. And and I used to be one of those. I'm like, I'm not paying for anything on the internet. I'm like, why not? I mean, that's how it is these days. You never used to go into a news agent and see the newspaper there for forty cents and say, I'm not paying for that. I'm just going to read it in the news agent and walk out or just steal it. So you know. Pay for it. Pay for stuff. I do. I have got multiple subscriptions. Multiple. Oh, do you have one of those, like, I don't know, apps or extensions that helps you keep track of all these things you subscribe to? Because I bet you there's, like, five you don't even remember. You well, yeah, that that's the problem. Uh, I get every single, you know, transaction from my credit card pop up onto my screen. I have that for a safety precaution. And, yeah, there's a few that pop up, and I'm like, oh, I should probably end that one. But, uh <laughs> It depends on who it is and what you're supporting, you know. So I, I, I try to, you know, I try to support some independent journalism. But, uh, you know, I mean, that's a thing with the internet. There was we got we, we were spoiled from the start. Yeah. Because everything was free. It was like, all right, just take it all. And now it's like you got to pay for stuff. And uh, and people are like, nah, I'm not paying for it. And it's like, well, 
I mean, you don't like I say you don't walk into a shop and just steal food, do you? You got to pay for everything. So yeah. Well, look, and this stuff is premium stuff here too. This is the best of the best. The athletic. You should get yourself a subscription. Go to the athletic.com slash no dunks if you haven't done that. You should subscribe here. Hey, this is free. No dunks on YouTube. As far as I can tell, I guess you got to watch some Priceless. every once in a while. Priceless. Yeah, but hey, if you haven't, subscribe, like, comment, share the show. Shout out to the stream team joining us live here for a little, uh, what I I think is going to be a mini podcast, Lee. There's not a whole right. lot to talk about, but uh, we thought we'd hit the people with some NBA news and notes. Send in your questions to nodunksattheathletic.com. We're less than a month away from the start of the actual season, so that means the season previews and a bunch of other NBA content from your boys at No Dunks. Coming very soon, you know, as soon as JD gets back from can- uh, from Canada, basically. As soon as it turns into September 21st and the start of fall. When, when's fall actually start? Is I think it- tomorrow, yeah. I think tomorrow. it is the 21st. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe I the best season, the by the way. Best season? Yeah. What, here in Atlanta? Well, overall. Anywhere? Overall, I think, yeah. Okay, yeah. go on. Why? Well, it's just the temperature starts coming down, you know, especially down here. But uh, I just love the <laughs> colors. I Have love you the seen colors. the temperature for this week? Well, I know this week's, yeah, it's back up. But uh, yeah. last week wasn't too bad. But I, I love the colors of fall way better than uh, any other season. I mean, winter winter in Canada, gorgeous, of course, absolutely gorgeous uh, to visit. Uh, but, uh, you know, the, the temperature cools down, you start going back indoors, and it's, uh, it's just cozier. It's the coziest uh, season, I think, you know. Hmm. Um, yeah, it's beautiful. I mean, look, there certainly are some uh, drawbacks as far as when all the leaves fall. They're beautiful. It's like snowfall. The first time snow falls, it's beautiful. And then you're sort of sludging your way through the slush and that. That does happen a little bit with the leaves, but uh, it's worth it because of just the way that it looks. You know, cooler nights, cooler mornings, perfect for running or walking out in the morning right now. Just gorgeous. What have you so, been up uh, to? Have you been just walking around? Just, uh, <laughs> just walking around. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to find some street ribs to buy? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm heavy into the soccer these days, uh, coaching. we got running club going with the boys too. Been doing a few things at the school. Uh, how's, the, you know, how's the team look? How's the soccer team look? Uh, well, one, one of them, the, the younger one had a victory on the weekend, 1-0. Uh, the old one went down three two, and he was uh, virtually inconsolable in the car ride home. Just couldn't uh, couldn't believe the other team had the gall to score, let alone win the game. We were we were up one zero, we we're up two one, and we lost three two, and just uh, beyond devastation in the car in the first game of the season. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's funny. I mean, ten year olds, you know, there's a bit more movement. Some there's a couple of kids, and this is what I remember from playing junior basketball. I was always the bottom age, so I was always the youngest of my crop. It felt like there's some kids who were like four years older than me, you know, long, tall, gangly kids, and you just felt completely outclassed. Same in uh, football. There was this kid on the weekend, honestly had to be 16 years old. There's no doubt about it. He was just so much bigger and taller and faster than all the other kids. Uh, It it was quite hilarious. But then with five and six-year-olds, it's just like they just move move around like this and... uh, you know the ball the ball rolled into the goal at one stage and about six different kids claimed that it was they, off they were, their boot yeah right, everyone just right. cheered and so uh it, <laughs> it's hilarious uh, a couple of parents get pretty intense too with uh six-year-olds uh oh, it's like oh, just, yeah. uh, i mean yeah. i've been going to a lot of my uh my god kids games over the last couple of years so you haven't seen anything yet i mean people yeah. get i actually it's gross i i I can't believe some of the parents and like, are you kidding me? Relax. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? I know, I know, I know. Yeah, and well, uh, anyway. 
Yeah, so I'll be uh, I'll be uh, coaching anyway this weekend. Uh, should be fun. See how it do goes. You wear, not... Do you wear a suit on the sidelines? <laughs> like Jose Mourinho, you mean? Like a, mm-hmm. like a the the five thousand dollar Armani suit or something like that? No, yeah. I'll, I'll just be in. I'll just be in shorts. I'm not sure if I'm going to get the whistle or not, but uh, emphasis on having fun, playing hard, and that's all. That's not right. worrying about the final result. But again, I would, I would recommend getting the whistle. Because otherwise, the mayhem never stops. Yeah. You need to, like, if the ball goes out of bounds and stuff like that, they'll just continue to play on another field. Anyway, that's my advice. All right. Uh, So here's what the schedule is looking like for this week. Uh, It's basically, I almost want to call it, like, our last week or two before we really kick things off in No Dunks Lands. And I mean, like, not a ton of shows yet with the previews right around the corner. But we have, on Thursday, the return of No Buffs. The Survivor Podcast. I think that's why I thought today it was the 21st, Lee. Right. Because that's the premiere of Survivor 43. And the following day on the 22nd, myself, Trey, and JD will be recapping the two-hour premiere episode of uh, Survivor 43. And we will once again try and get uh, Lee to watch it, though he's already said he's not going to. But he will be playing the fantasy survivor 43 pool that we're gonna have over on no buff so we got that coming up that's got its own youtube feed its own podcast feed if you're a survivor fan or you want to get in now's the perfect time and then on friday here in no dunks land uh tass will have a new no bunts a little baseball let's throw the shirts up just to remind everybody in fact uh my guy jamie at breaking tea he just wrote me limited quantities left of these breaking tea no bunts shirts the uh, expos one there and the uh and the Blue Jays one. You have both of these, don't you? Like? I do. The yeah. baby blues are... I mean, they're both great designs. I just prefer the color of the blue one over the gray one. But yeah. uh, beautiful. Okay, so uh, no bunts coming at you on Friday. And I think, I think, I think... Tess going to have a, a special guest. Mm. A guy I grew up with in Stratford. He lives in Taiwan. He's back here in North America. He's headed this way to Atlanta later this week. Uh, and he might be jumping on with Tass. He's a diehard baseball fan. <laughs> you know Joel, of course. I know Joel, yeah. He, he loves Joel baseball loves. more than anyone loves any other sport. The, yeah, yeah. So uh, I think he is scheduled to uh, to get on with Tass, um, which will be... He's a very funny guy, too, so uh, that could be a good one. So that's uh, no bunts later in the week. But, hey, we spent enough time uh, talking about soccer and the weather and... What's coming up here? Let's get into some NBA news and notes, Lily. Mm. And the uh, the first one, this happened uh, a couple days ago. It is Dennis Schroeder signing a one-year, $2.64 million deal to return to the Lakers. Um, yeah, what do you think about this? Is this news? I can chuck that at you. Well, um, I am surprised that's all he got considering how good he was for Germany at the Euros. He was uh, brilliant. Uh, and, and look, he's a really good player, Dennis Schroeder. The problem is, you know, I don't think he's a starting point guard. I think his best role in the NBA is a, is a backup point guard. We saw that in Atlanta. You know, basically he, he kind of forced Jeff Teague out and he became the starter. And he's a very good player, but he just gets a little, I think, caught up in trying to be almost too good. Whereas if he plays a role where he's more of a facilitator and a secondary, uh, you know, uh, offensive talent, I think he can be really good. Um, he's gone there 2.6 million in Los Angeles. You may as well get be, be uh, an intern there. That's <laughs> after taxes <laughs> and the cost of living. He's going to have about 20 bucks left over from that. Um, and of course, people are pointing out that he turned down 
a uh, significant extension from the Lakers a couple of years ago. Uh, yeah. You know, anyway, whatever. I mean, that's the way things go. But I think he's there, and I think look. We, no one really expects Russell Westbrook to stay on the Lakers for the entirety of this season, if he's even there from the start. I think one way or another he's gone. So I think this is also, you know, basically uh, insurance for that move so that they have another guy who can be a point guard. Uh, Patrick Beverly's, you know, a little bit different as far as the role that he would play on that team. But mm-hmm. Schroeder, again, Eurobasket was a, a fantastic tournament. He was outstanding. They picked up the bronze medal there. I know there was other interest from other teams, he apparently said this Lakers deal had been in the works, though, for a few months, and that's why he went back there. Maybe it's true. I'm not sure. But uh, I, I would have thought he could have gotten a, a lot more money if it's only a one-year deal. But I thought he could have gotten you know, probably two or three guaranteed years from, uh, from another team. So mm-hmm. a little surprised that he chose the Lakers over that. But uh, I guess he just felt that you know, if it's true that he was negotiating a few months ago, then I guess he just felt he, uh, he owed it to them to sign there. Yeah, you you slipped in the part where he bet on himself and it uh, sort of backfired because when he played with the Lakers in 2021, he he played fine. I mean, he averaged 15 and 6, but he turned down the extension there worth over $80 million. Yeah. And then, you know... And, and sometimes it works out and sometimes it doesn't. It didn't in his case in terms of the uh, the paycheck there. I thought it was interesting from this article. I believe it was actually ESPN that slipped this in. Lakers general manager Rob Palenka and new coach Darvin Ham reached out to Russell Westbrook yeah. in recent days to tell him <laughs> they planned to sign Dennis Schroeder to that 14th roster spot. Yeah. I That, I, that caught me by surprise. I mean, they are... They really, <laughs> kudos to, to Ham and Palinka and the Lake. They are really trying to make it seem like we can make this work with Russ. He, like, we got to just fold him in, keep him in the loop. Uh, but yeah, that caught me by surprise. It's just weird. You never hear it other than potentially coming from, if it was LeBron, you know. Or, of course. Or, you yeah. know, but, but the guy who they're like, we don't really want you on the roster, but we're going to tell you about this move anyway, seems very, very bizarre. Yeah. Um, Things now. Darvin Ham does have a history with Schroeder, of course, from his yep. days here in Atlanta, so that yep. should help. But basically, again, that tells me it's like we're getting another guy who plays your position for uh, pennies on the dollar, Russ. Just just so you know, in case you maybe want to, you know, <laughs> in case you want to be uh, bought out of your contract, or if you want to, you know, give us some money back. Just so you know, we've got another guy who's going to be taking up some minutes, and uh, there's going to be fewer for you. Is is the way that I kind of interpret it, but. Uh, yeah, the, the Lakers season is going to be weird as always. You know, I, I Darvin Ham, I'm so happy he's got an opportunity here, but uh, what a situation for your first time head coaching role. I mean, mm-hmm. you're just going to have to blend so many different personalities and characters uh, for a team that has win now expectations, but so many question marks hanging over so many of the guys. So uh, it's going to be, uh, it, it's certainly going to be um, challenging for him, but. You know, he'd been a coach for for so long, an assistant coach, that he deserved an opportunity and uh, he's gotten what he asked for. I love that the Lakers have brought the classic uh, Twitter graphic slash debate start bench cut yeah. to real life in training camp here. Like, like who? okay, if you were to do the start bench cut with <laughs> your three guys that they have now, keeping Westbrook, bringing in Patrick Beverly, and now Dennis Schroeder. Play the game, Lely. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> I, I, I mean, I guess you have to cut Westbrook because he's not a part of the team, you know. Um, 
Schroeder, I think, has a little bit more stability than Patrick Beverly. So bring Patrick Beverly off the bench is fine. I think he would probably accept that role. Um, I, I like the way that Patrick Beverly's come in and said, listen, you know, I'm, I, I don't care about the personalities. You're going to get the full Patrick Beverly experience. So mm-hmm. whether he comes off the bench, whether he starts, he's going to give 110% when he plays and that's exactly what the Lakers you know should want they should expect and that's I think Patrick Beverly at his best so bring him off the bench start Schroeder and uh I guess I guess eventually they are going to have to cut Westbrook because as we've talked about the contract is too big no no one's going to give up anything significant if the Lakers aren't going to attach draft picks or some other sort of compensation uh you know to take that contract on Mm -hmm. I think to answer my own question yeah, I think I would st- I would start Beverly actually. I would bring Schroeder off the bench like you talked about. I think that's the best role for him just as he is, a, you know, an aggressive scorer. Uh mm. and then I guess I'm cutting Westbrook in this scenario. I did see that uh uh the signing of Schroeder here now, it has led some fans, observers whatever to think the Westbrook trade is maybe even closer because according to the athletic sources, the Lakers have had recent conversations with the Utah Jazz and are targeting Bogdanovich, Jordan Clarkson, and Malik Beasley. Uh, do any of those names make some sense? And, you know, those are scorers, those are shooters, yeah. especially in Bogdanovich and Beasley, three-point shooters. Yeah, uh, what do you think? I mean, yeah, you're getting some veterans there that the Lakers, the Lakers need those guys, uh, you know, right now. I mean, problem is none of those guys defensively really do all that much. But again, I, I think if you're the Lakers and you just have – Whatever your eight, nine man rotation is, if they can all shoot, and we know Beasley can shoot, Jordan Clarkson, well, he shoots a lot. You know, he can get you a bucket. And Bogdanovich actually probably would be good to have on the floor with LeBron. So I, I don't mind that. And yeah, I think Danny Ainge at this point is like, fine, who cares? We'll take Westbrook and maybe we can buy him out and uh, and, and save some money there. But they're obviously in a completely different m- mode, the Jazz. So those guys as well, I don't think would, would want to be a part of the Jazz this season because they're not going to be anywhere near competing for a championship. So they would probably welcome the opportunity. But just thinking about it, I mean, that's three guys. And haven't you just said that their last roster spot is taken up by Schroeder. So they would need to create a, uh, a little bit of space there to, uh, you know, to make that happen. But sure. I can actually see something like that happening, yeah. I don't think it would be all three of them coming back for Westbrook right. in this in this hypothetical, but maybe uh, one or two of those pieces. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. I saw Mark Stein writing about this as well, too. Like, now all of these guards in the Lakers organization. Like, the truth is LeBron is the point guard, which is Mm -hmm. the whole funny part of all of this. But Stein says the Lakers view Westbrook and Schroeder as their nominal point guards, while Beverly, Kendrick Nunn, Austin Reeves and Lonnie Walker the fourth are like their wing players. Um, so that's the thing. Really, the article is like leaning into Beverly could be like their really like their their small forward, I guess. Like a three and D guy. I mean, that's what yeah. he is. So 
that was Stein with some clarification there. I guess mm. I guess that I say that to to hope that Darvin Ham starts all three of these guys, right? Start them all. Put, yeah. put Westbrook, Schroeder, Patrick Beverly, LeBron, and AD. There's your five. Go nuts, Ham. Uh, why not? Go why ham, not? Ham. Give it, yeah. I mean, that's the thing is like they're all they're all kind of stubborn in their own way too. So you yeah. know they'll they'll, they'll it, it could be just one of those things that is a completely uh, it blows up in their face, but it could also be one of those crazy things that somehow just works together as well. You know, like it, it's hard to foresee that, but uh, all three of them at least have their you know the similar sort of style like that. So uh, maybe it'll become very difficult to defend because you don't know exactly which one's going to be uh, you know leading the way there, but. I'm just trying to think of Beverly Schroeder and Westbrook. Even just like in practices, those those guys going at each other and yeah. you know talking trash. I mean, there's plenty of guys who cover the Lakers. Hopefully, we will get some uh, some good clips on uh, uh, you know shared about what goes on there behind the scenes. As currently constructed, like where do you even have the Lakers in the uh, in the Western Conference? Like, do you have them like a lock for the playoffs? No. Or do you think they're dabbling with the plan? Are they? better than i don't know or like are they gonna be better than the blazers or uh, pelicans you know? yeah blazers i'm not sure about but no, like the lakers i think are going to be in a similar position as they were last season where you know they didn't make the playoffs i mean they could they certainly could make the playoffs but i'm not i don't put them anywhere near contending uh status right now because look anthony davis his health is always a problem and that's becoming even more and more significant i think as his career gets on here lebron's health himself you know, that's starting to be a question. And, and even LeBron last season, I thought, well, he still can go out and get 25, 30 points any night he wants. He just doesn't have that same impact on a game anymore. He doesn't have that ability to just, you know, drag his team to victory like he has done in years gone by. He's still a great, great player, of course. But, you know, you just you, you just don't have that same power at the end of your career. And then there's just too many other question marks about uh, the rest of the team for me that, no one like the Phoenix Suns and the Mavericks and uh, you know who are you know, the Warriors and, and Nuggets. They shouldn't fear the Lakers at all. I mean, they should know that the Lakers, I think, are pretty vulnerable, especially if things do start going crazy there with the point guards. So I don't really have them. Uh, certainly not in the top four. Play into the you know to the sec- the lower part of the standings. I think is where they're uh, they're going to finish, but not a contender at all for me. Uh, I might be putting you on the spot here too, mm. but with Dennis Schroeder off the board now, um, who are like the top remaining free agents? Uh, you know, is I guess Mello is not with a team still. It's yeah, like it's a bunch of old guys. For being honest, right? It's Mello, so Marcus Aldridge, Blake Griffin. I don't think yeah, has he's, a contract. Yeah. He uh, Demarcus, Co- Demarcus Cousins. He's not on a roster, is he? Yeah. He still uh, might have something left. He looked. I saw a video of him in, in uh, some pickup game looking. Quite svelte. <laughs> yeah, I saw that actually too. Yeah. He was looking pretty uh, in pretty good shape there. Um, yeah, Blake Blake and Lamarcus, of course, were there on the Nets last season. And Blake did like a tweet. Someone said something about going back to the Clippers. So I don't <laughs> cool. know if that's got any traction. But he didn't really leave things on good terms there with Steve Ballmer. So uh, not sure if, uh, if there's a return there for him. Um, but, you know, as we've seen over years, those guys at some point probably do get added to a, a roster spot uh, because they can still be you know, an effective veteran. I mean, LaMarcus Aldridge, we talked about him on the Hall of Fame podcast. He's the sort of veteran you'd like to have on your team. You know, I think he's a good locker room guy. You know, he's going to uh, be able to go out there and at least give you a couple of buckets. He's certainly not the player he was. So Mm -hmm. those guys, 
if they are interested, I'm sure can still get picked up. But there's no one really all that juicy out there that's, uh, you know, that's still looking for a contract. So, um, oh, what about um, finals MVP, Wancho? Because he's, uh, he's a free agent, isn't he, at the moment? Wancho? Yeah. Come on, man. He's on the Raptors. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Bo Cruz, baby. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's that's right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What about, uh, here's one for you. What about hmm. Hassan Whiteside? <sighs> Look, Hassan Whiteside last right? season was actually not bad for the Jazz, I thought. Uh, again, as a bench player, his, his biggest problem has always been his sort of effort levels. Uh, but last season, I thought he was actually decent backing up Rudy Gobert. So he's a you know somewhat of a rim protector. He's a rebounder. And he can, you know, put back dunks and things like that. So I'd be surprised. Again, honestly, the Charlotte Hornets, why wouldn't they add him? They've got nothing in the uh, in, in the middle there. Uh, they could use somebody, just anybody, who can at least be some sort of a deterrent at the rim. Um, I think he's earned it. I mean, he, you know, he, he's been a frustrating player throughout his career. But when he chooses to, he can still be effective. So I, I thought he was decent. And um, I think he will get picked up by somebody. Yeah, the stream team uh, dropping a bunch of names. I think MSR is right here, though. What about this guy? This is like the worst version of what about this guy. Uh, people are saying uh, Dennis Smith Jr. I guess Tyreek Evans is trying to make a comeback. Oh, I didn't even know that. Somebody said Kemba Walker, but I thought Kemba Walker was actually on the Pistons technically still. Uh, so yeah. there's not a, not a lot out there is what we're getting no. at here. But no. I would no. expect these Hall of Famers, Mello, Aldridge, maybe Blake, if they want to continue to play, I'm with you, Lee. They're going to get added to a roster. Cousins is probably the most intriguing yeah. of all these names we've gone through. Yeah. I mean, Mello, you know, like he, if he wants to get to 30,000 points, he, he has to get on a roster. He, he was fine shooting for the Lakers, but he's just such a sieve defensively that you, you can't have him out there for too long. But if a team just needs a guy to come out and fire a couple of threes, fine. But, uh, I mean, he's never been a great defender. But we saw that in Portland when the Blazers picked him up and with the Lakers. It's, he just he just doesn't give you anything defensively. So, yeah, someone's saying Dwight Howard's still available. I think yeah. he's washed. I think he's done. Avery Bradley. Wow. Yeah. Dwight, uh, yeah, Dwight, Dwight was terrible for the Sixers a couple of years ago and uh, nothing for the Lakers last year. So, I mean, but sure, someone, again, the Hornets, he was a former Hornet. Maybe bring him back there. Why not? <laughs> Lee's yeah. answer is just go to the Hornets. They well, they, they've got Plumley and uh, who else they got right now? Like that was their biggest problem last season. They just had nobody, and they didn't do anything in the off season. So no, they've done they've done nothing. That's true. Mm. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dom- Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus.
And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the Internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed Internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. All right, well, let's keep it going here. Uh, other piece of news that I really wanted to slip in. Uh, high schoolers could return to the NBA draft as early as 2024. This is uh, The Athletic's Sham Sharanya reporting on Monday. As the NBA and the NBA Players Association hammer out a new collective bargaining agreement, both sides, Lee, are in lockstep on eliminating the infamous one-and-done rule. Yeah. So we could see that age requirement to enter the draft go from 19 to 18. But going back to what was in place from, what, 95 to 2005. Yeah, and uh, it was always, this is something that's been talked about a lot that, um, look. Soon as uh, Silver came in. Yeah, think, um, yeah, and this is probably the, the, the father in me talking here that, look, I think players are better when they come into the league when they're a little bit more mature in their early 20s there, 2021 rather than 18 or 19, because I think emotionally, physically, and mentally, you just need a couple of extra years before you join one of the most intense, globally popular leagues. I think it's a lot of a lot to ask a young person to be able to handle all that added pressure, money, fame, all those sorts of things. So that's me as a dad speaking. But as an 18-year-old, as a basketballer, if you're good enough and you get drafted and you're selected to play, then of course you want to go and play and start earning that money. And and I think as well the NBA seen in recent times, you know, guys like LaMelo Ball go to Australia because these other leagues are like, hey, if you're if you're not going to get paid to play in college, Come to Australia or Europe, we'll pay you, and then you can actually get some real experience, and then you can still go to the NBA and play. And so I think the NBA is realizing, okay, we need to sort of make sure that you know guys don't go off and play in other leagues. The college one-and-done rule, it was completely pointless if guys are only turning up for the sake of turning up for me. So mm-hmm. to get rid of it and to uh, you know allow, allow now 18-year-olds back in the league, it's fine in theory. Well, I people just think- stop, players stopped even doing the the college route with the right. you know addition of G League and going play in Australia and stuff like that. It was it mm. was like sort of what's the point? Yeah, yeah. So you know, I'm I'm just not surprised that this is the thing. I, I, again, the other thing with with time and experience, you look at things like the draft and you know the, the contracts for players being drafted. And again, they need to also change as well. I, I think that the way the structure is right now, I think it's great that you are incentivized to sign with you know the first team and then you can get more money, of course, if you stay with that team. But I also think that that's a little bit outdated and needs to be reworked as well because the NBA has tried in recent years to make the draft more fair and to, to reduce the incentive to tanking, but it hasn't necessarily worked. We still see teams basically mail in the season just to still get a chance at getting that high draft pick. And so I think mm-hmm. that's the, the, another step that needs to be, uh, you know, needs to be figured out because when you have teams not competitive throughout the season for a long part of the season, that's a problem. And that's why we've seen the playing tournament. And now we're seeing that other, uh, you know, sort of soccer style tournament that's coming in, not this season, the following season. I think the NBA is trying to find ways to incentivize teams to play the entire season through because they're not doing that right now. And, uh, and that is a big problem. We see uh, 
John Michael Weisberg here uh, in the stream team. Between the G League Ignite, MBL, and Overtime Elite, NIL deals, players have lots of options now. That's very, very true. Mm. Um, and this is, and again, this is something so, I Stern was talking about this at the end of his tenure. Silver was talking about this as soon as he took over as commissioner. Sort of this idea of like, we, we don't, need to, to you don't need to be 19 to come into this league 18 uh and and especially with i think now the established like development uh systems in place yeah and i'm not even talking about just growing them as basketball players but like you know you talked about like them being immature because they are they're like young kids but huh. yeah. teaching them about money and teaching them about the league and what comes with it all and fame and stuff like that like there there's that stuff is in place now and i think can I mean, obviously helps. Uh, it, it's at least seemed to help a lot of these players, especially with like keeping your finances in check, keeping the outsiders that are just vultures, you know, uh, you know, at, at arm's length and stuff like that. Just mm. teaching them. Yeah, and and you know, guys like Antoine Walker is a good example of someone who you know he he talked about when he, you know he he obviously got his big money sort of further into his career there, but you know at, 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 during your peak, you're just paying your friends and close people who want money for this and that because you think those. Uh, wages are going to continue forever. And then all of a sudden your career ends, the money runs out and nobody's around you anymore to give back any of the money they gave you. And, and that, that to me is, you know, such a, such an important lesson to learn because I remember 17 and 18 years old, you know, you, you just, you're nowhere near uh, mature enough to be able to make all those decisions by yourself and you are vulnerable to, to outside influences. So those sorts of things are very, very important because if you are a talent, you want to go and make, you know, for 10 to 15 years, whatever your career is, that's when you make the most money. You want to be able to make that and, and uh, have that to be able to prolong your life rather than get to 32, 33, be retired, and maybe you don't have any money. So, you know, there, there's a lot to consider here. But ultimately, if the players are good enough, they want to be able to enter the league at 18. And that's that's all, that's what it's going to be. That's the decision that's going to be made. Yeah, we're going to, I mean, in theory, we'll be seeing more, uh, what, Kobe's and Garnett's and McGrady's and... LeBron, Dwight Howard, he was a high schooler. I mean, th well, yeah, those somebody t somebody on Twitter. I didn't fact check it, but I think I had the correct answer, and I think they were right in asking it. Can you name the last eighteen-year-old, like the last straight from high school to NBA player uh, that we had? I, it was Bynum, wasn't it? I'm not sure he was the last. I guessed mm. Amir Johnson. Oh yeah, yeah, I think you're right. But no, I'm, I'm checking. But yeah, yeah I, I thought. No, it was I think Amir. I think it was Amir Johnson. But I think he got drafted. You know, that last year. Bynum was drafted yeah. in 05. Yeah. Uh, Amir was drafted in maybe Amir literally came after was drafted after. I'm checking here. This is pretty funny. Uh, first question: Is Amir Johnson still in the NBA? Um, I don't think so. Uh, Amir was also drafted in 05. There it is. Yeah. There it is. So same draft, uh, but Amir was like a second round pick. <laughs> yeah. It was amazing. I mean, like uh, all those, you know, all those guys you mentioned, you know, have been successful, but there's also been other guys, you know, who weren't able to to make the leap, you know, like I think Kwame Brown's a good one. Like I know he sort of hung on for a while there, but he, he certainly wasn't able to uh, live up to the number one billing. So it, it's it's tough. I mean, you've got to, uh, you've <laughs> yeah, got but the same, the same is true with like a bunch of one and done. Yeah, uh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. like no, some and, are going to hit, mean, some are going to be failures. Yeah. I mean, that's, and and that's um, you know, throughout, of course, throughout uh, league history, you know, top three to five draft picks, some of them, even if they are ready, they just don't make it in the NBA. So it, it always happens like that. It's just, like I say, I just, uh, you know, when you see 17 and 18 year old kids and you're like, 
how do you go from not earning money to all of a sudden you're earning eight, 10, 12 million dollars a year? And especially now, you know, with social media, the way it is, people just like everyone's just a vulture at you. And if you don't have a strong support cast around you, that's where you can just run into problems. So um, mm. anyway, there's but now now, I mean, those kids at that age in the in the current system, they can make money, too. I mean, I mm. know not maybe, well, you know, seven, eight million dollars a year, but they can make quite a bit of money now uh, yeah. if they're that popular. So it's yeah. the same yeah. same problem. You got to have yeah. a system in place. Yeah. Well, and the NCAA is the most corrupt, worst system of sport in the entire world. I mean, that's just okay. beyond a joke. You know, if you incentivize or if you pay the players as they should be played, then maybe some of them do stick around for a couple of years and work on their game and get themselves even more prepared for the NBA because they don't need to jump to the NBA to get the paycheck. I mean, how the NCAA is still a thing. Does John Oliver does that, doesn't he? How is this still a thing? Like that's that's just beyond bizarre that they, you know, they sign like a $10 billion TV contract and the players don't get a penny of that. That is just insane to me. So uh, that's something that should be changed immediately. And then you would do, then you strengthen the college game. And if you strengthen the development uh, stages of a player's career, I just think they're going to be readier for the NBA. And so, mm-hmm. but of course, it's not going to change. Why would it? It works for the uh, the executives and the coaches and the schools that all get all the money. And then the players, they just, if they don't make it to the NBA, then they're out trying to find a contract in Europe. You can still get paid very, very nicely in Europe and some other leagues around the world, but you should be paid what you are owed for, uh, you know, playing basketball on the biggest stage in college. It's just bonkers to me. Crazy. We had, uh, I believe it's Trey here in the stream team, uh, Monte Ellis, Lou Williams, Andre Blatch, and Amir oh. Johnson were the last four uh, players, NBA players, straight from high school. They never should have stopped. Look at those four. The Filipino it, it, legend, Andre Black. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's pretty good. It's yeah. a pretty yeah, good yeah, hit yeah. right there. Yeah, keep yeah. them coming. What are they yeah, doing? Yeah. Uh, finally, I don't know how much you watched this. Our guy Tass was doing a, a fun job with the YouTube shorts, um, sort of breaking it all down. But behind the Hernan Gomez brothers, Spain defeated France in the Eurobasket. 2022 final captured its fourth gold medal and first since 2015. Were you dabbling with any Euro basketball, Lee? Yeah, I mean, you know, you see the highlights come across social channels and things like that. Fantastic uh, tournament. I mean, look at how strong this tournament was that Luka didn't make the final. Giannis didn't make the final. Nikola Jokic didn't make the final. But these guys all played as hard as they could. It means so much to these guys to go out there and play in this tournament. And next year in the Philippines... Indonesia and Japan, we've got the World Cup. Now, the USA will be favored as they deserve to be and as they always should be. Uh, But I just think basketball globally is so strong right now. Um, And it's it's so good to see those guys playing and really it means so much to them when they don't win. You know, I mean, Giannis was devastated. I mean, he he got ejected there. Um, But so was Luka. Luka, And Luka, they got upset by Poland, uh, Slovenia there. And, And that, to me, shows that... These guys aren't just sort of turning up, oh, all right, we've got to play for our country. They're going out there to try to win. And, and oh next my God, it sometimes feel like they want to win this more than any NBA championship, if I'm being honest. I mean, 
I, I don't think that's, that's your, yeah. yeah, I don't I don't think you're wrong in, in that. I mean, yeah. that, the NBA championship means a lot, but playing for their country, and you see the crowds there as well. And, and you mm-hmm. see this in Eurobasket all the time. Like, you know, remember Luca talked about playing in Europe, how, you know, it's harder to score in Europe, he said, than, than in the NBA. And mm-hmm. uh, he should know because he's been playing in those leagues for nearly a decade now. Well, obviously, last couple have been in, uh, in, in the NBA here. But, you know, it was a really... Uh, exciting tournament and to see the fact that Spain come through and win it again when I, I think they were one of the lower favorites too they certainly weren't the well, favorite the, yeah in. nobody thought with the Gasol brothers not playing yeah. uh, you know a couple other legends moving on getting Rudy old, Fernandez is still there uh, right it's like people thought yeah this would not Serbia. be their, their year or something like that yeah. and uh, it was I mean again it was Juancho aka Bo Cruz Raptors Picking yeah. him up. What a steal. Uh, he had 27-5-1 and, and two steals. And then uh, his brother, Willie, he had 14-8 and eight in the final game, but he was named MVP of the entire tournament. He played yeah. that well. Uh, so those guys were their, their – yeah. like they're basically their new Casal brothers. Yeah. And uh, I think it was Argentina won the South American Cup too. Mm. Um, so that next year's World Cup is going to be awesome for basketball. Yeah. It really is. Uh, because you've got so many really deeply talented teams. But, uh, you know, look, we saw in the Olympics, you know, the USA, they lost to uh, France in the first game and then ran the table from there. So, but but the point I'm trying to make is hopefully the United States looks out and goes, okay, these other countries are absolutely taking it seriously now. We've got to send our strongest uh, strongest team to, to Asia next year because it's going to be awesome. Have you already sent an email to somebody, uh, some higher up at the Athletic, asking if uh, they'll send us for the World Cup to cover it? Uh, not sure. I'm not sure how to this. answer that one. Not sure. Uh, oh, the answer is yes, then, people. Lee's all over it. Oh, my goodness. Uh, all right, Lee. Uh, we can call it there. That was even longer than I thought we would do here, 35-plus uh, minutes. Thanks again to everybody in the stream team chiming in. It was nice to get some of your comments up. I believe JD is going to flip this into a podcast, so... Uh, uh, hopefully that'll be hitting your apples and your Spotify's and your pod beans uh, as soon as possible. Later this week, we got no buffs. Again, that's got its own YouTube and podcast feed. If you're a Survivor fan, that's dropping on Thursday. Oh, we'll go live on Thursday morning because it premieres on Wednesday night. And then no bunts at the end of the week with Tassie. What else you got going on this week, Lily? Because, I mean, I'm telling you, you better – you got – you got not a lot of time left before we're going to be full on like seven, eight shows a week here. I have got a uh, historic event on Thursday night for the final time ever. Elton John is playing. <laughs> the, the final Fox. time before the final time. <laughs> this will be the third time of his uh, final yes. tour, yes. final, final world tour that started in 2018 <laughs> that I'll be seeing him uh, live in concert, I think it started as uh, I think it started as uh, the Omni uh, moved to uh, Phillips Arena, and now it's State Farm Arena from uh, from when the time he started this farewell tour to, to where wow, it is now. Wow, you've seen him in all <laughs> nah. three uh, brand uh, arenas. And the boys will be coming along for their first concert, uh, so bringing them to see Elton as uh, as, wow. he, as he as he signs off for the final time. I'm sure I'll be saying this again <laughs> in the next uh, in the next couple of years. So uh, actually hoping to somehow squeeze a trip into uh, Los Angeles to see him at Dodger Stadium for his oh for his final tr- for his final tour <laughs> for his final <laughs> ever concert before he starts a tour of Australia uh, where he does his final 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 tour. And then he ends in Europe uh, next summer. So <laughs> I swear to God, you or your wife, every eight days 
are attending either a Coldplay concert or an Elton John concert. Uh, Convinced. Can't believe, yeah. Yeah, she just, uh, Roxana just saw Coldplay in Lima. And uh, I I got cut out of that trip. She said she was was going down to see her mum. I said, oh, okay. Uh, Coincidental timing. Very coincidental (laughs) timing there. But uh, yeah, I tell you, man, that Coldplay gig, you get a chance. Watch, go to that show, man. That's the greatest show on earth right now. Even better than Elton. Wow, even better yeah. than Elton. Uh, uh, do you think your kids uh, at the concert on Thursday will will sing a lot? Will they say uh, "Hold Me Close Closer," Tony Danza? Uh, yeah, they like Tony Danza. They like Tony no, Danza. Tony Danza. Yeah, Tony Danza. Yeah, that, yeah. I don't think they'll quite get that uh, that pop culture <laughs> oh, reference. Damn. But um, no, they they like Elton. I mean, they look they like Elton independently but they also get to listen to a lot of elton when they're in the car with me so uh mm. it's going on they're, they're looking forward to it and uh yeah. and so am i because well i guess it was uh what four years ago now i can't remember which one it was but elton was actually really sick and uh he just cancelled a couple of shows in the nights leading up in tampa he had you know, you know throat some sort of virus or something like that and you could tell he wasn't on his game in atlanta he was struggling to get mm. through it but then i guess it was three years ago i suppose it was uh he brought he brought out his A game that night, and he uh, and he and he lit up the arena. So I, I just hope for your sake, he says, "Hello, Atlanta. I missed you so much. I love this city." Uh, is Leo is here again? Hello, good sir. Welcomes well, he used, you up on stage, shakes your hand. He used to own. I mean, the the word on the street around where I live is he owns still a property just up the road from me. Yeah, like we drive I've past. Heard, I've heard that. I've yeah. heard that. Yeah. I, I mean, and he, and he does say that. When he's in Atlanta, he goes, oh, this is my home. You know, one of I my homes. I pay taxes. I pay taxes here. <laughs> he goes, this is one of my homes. I love Atlanta. And I want to say to him, well, okay, when was the last time you lived here for like six months? I haven't seen you in Piedmont Park walking your dog. You know, like when, 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 when do you, you know, when does that count? But anyway, whether it's true or not, we in Buckhead here love to believe that Elton actually lives just up the road and we might uh, we might bump into him at Publix one day just doing the shopping there with David. So uh. <laughs> Elton John may or may not live in Atlanta. Cool story, bro. <laughs> yes, there it is. Uh, all right, Lily. Well, I will uh, see you at some point, I'm sure. Uh, later this week, if not later this week, for sure next week as we get closer and closer to the start of the NBA season. I'm going to give you like three seconds to think of a final Mm. quote because we're going to say hello to the Clipper bro. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Blue jean baby. LA lady. (laughs) (laughs) Embrace the day, people. (laughs) You could stay
As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.